and this is ATC Presents Debake Rambles, where a couple of friends review Korean dramas. Rico, say hi to Rico for us. Like, wherever you are, Rico, we wish you the best. We're still here, and I have a special guest with me today. It is Curtis from the Infatuation Podcast. Hey, Curtis, how are you? Hey, shout out, Rico. What's up, Rico? What's up, Jess? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on. I have been so excited to have you on and talk about this very special drama. We're going to be covering Startup. Startup. I, I feel really bad because I asked you on to do this podcast like months ago. And you were like, yeah, I'm so excited. Let's do it. And then you started immediately watching Startup and I hadn't started it yet. And you were like, uh, you were like, oh, my wife really likes it. Blah, blah, blah. And like, re- like so excited about it. And I was like, Curtis, I can't have no time to watch it right now. It's going to have to be later. Like, save your thoughts. I'm so sorry. Like, we'll get to it. And now it's finally here. Finally here. Finally yeah. here. <laughs> so I don't know if, if people have listened to your podcast or not, but you have very special guests on your podcast like recently you had one of the voice actors from turning red pixar's turning red on your podcast which was amazing and you have other like very important asian influencers and voices in the community on your podcast so i just want to say that if you haven't listened to infatuation podcast please go and listen to them they're amazing and thank you, thank you. just in case people don't know like who you are and where you come from what your background is we're gonna run through quick Fun facts with you right now, what your first K-drama is, your favorite K-dramas, and like what's your preferred K-drama genre? All right. Um, yeah, I'm not a K-drama podcaster. I'm like the, You've had some heavy hitters, man. I've been listening to your show. <laughs> you've had some of my favorites, you know? Um, yeah. What is it? Afternoon of Delight and Book yeah. Playlist. Yeah, those are, those are legendary K-drama podcasts. So I feel a little little like imposter syndrome here oh no Uh, don't (laughs) but you know what i'm gonna stand up for all the guys out there who watch k-dramas you know i'm gonna i'm gonna represent uh our show yeah our show is really more random but we do a little k-drama but just as a hobby i like watching so we chat quite a bit online yeah just like you'll post something and i'll I'll comment so we've been talking k-dramas but yeah i don't go back that far i go back to maybe um 2015. I yeah. So I'm a I'm a high school teacher, and so you know the kids. I teach at a school that's predominantly Asian here in San Francisco, and so the kids talk about it all the time. Mm. And I was like, what is this? What is this K drama thing? You know, and um, and so a kid, shout out to Karen, recommended a drama called I Remember You or Hello Monster in 2005. Okay, okay. Super random. Yeah. No, sorry. 2015. Not okay. Okay. 2015. It's got uh, Pakbo Gum is Ooh. one of the guys in there, and yeah. so in Guk, you know, so some fa- some pretty heavy, yeah. uh, heavily stardomed guys, uh, and so that was my first one, and I kind of liked it, you know, it's a little <laughs> little weird, you know, the first one you ever watch yes, is like it's like bizarre, it is, yeah, yeah culture yeah. shock, but yeah, it got me, it got me in, and then and then I think you mentioned this last episode that 2016 was like all-time year all-time like legendary year. Yeah. year so all these great ones came out so i just got hooked on the on those and then that's when netflix got in too i think yeah around there yeah around there and that's so around that the time it, that maybe drama fever died yeah so it made so it a lot then, easier yeah netflix kind of picked up the slack yeah so i started watching and then um top three which i think you've done all three now well oh, no what? you haven't done i think you did my mister yeah just now and then last year you did signal yes 
So those are my all time. I mean, they're amazing. Like, <laughs> those yeah, two are so good. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you can't go wrong with those two. And then I like this one. I don't know if you've seen this one. I am not a robot. Okay. I freaking love that show. <laughs> yeah. Love it. I think it's so underrated. People don't talk about I'm not a robot. Because when you describe it, it sounds so it's dumb. It's stupid. Like you yeah. li- you're like, oh, yeah, there's like an AI robot and he thinks it's real, but it's right. a person. And, and she's wearing a she's pink wearing dress. She's wearing a pink, dr- <laughs> like weird dress and her hair is like a blunt, like fringe yeah. and like bad wig. wig. Clearly yeah. a wig. And he falls in love with a robot. It's yeah, like yeah, yeah. you let you say it and you're like, this is a terrible elevator pitch for this drama. But yeah. believe me, you. It's amazing, right? Well done. It's yeah. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I throw that in there just to spice <laughs> it up a little. People give me a little grief for that one, but yeah. So I, I like kind of kind of the more dark, serious, more serious ones. Uh, I liked Move to Heaven, Extra oh, cur- yeah. Curricular, uh, All of Us Are Dead. Um, I got one for Rico. So uh, Rico out there, uh, there's one called Life on Mars. Have you ever heard of that one? I have heard of it, but I haven't seen it. I think it's, it's with... It's, yeah, oh it's the God, guy it's, from Hospital Playlist. Yes, the guy from Hospital Playlist. With the glasses. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, it's a takeoff on a UK show. So it's a British show and they redid it and it came out right after Signal and it's a lot like Signal. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, he'll love it because he ended up really liking beyond evil as well and i was uh-huh. he was like i don't have a lot of time maybe i can watch yeah. one show and i was like well then watch yeah. beyond evil so yeah, yeah. i'll tell him that he should watch life on mars and then we can possibly review it on the podcast he's still like it's hard to find though it's not it on, it's not oh, on vicky yeah it's not oh, on uh, dang. all right netflix but check it out if you can find it I'll, yeah, yeah i'll figure it out <laughs> yeah, dig dig deeper yeah <laughs> dig deep but yeah so that's that's me i mean i i like I'll, I'll watch a romance, uh, romance, you know, I liked Goblin, yeah. but I like, I like romances with a little extra, you know, we're going to talk a little while you were sleeping, you oh, know, something yeah. with a little hook to it. Okay. Okay. So yeah. startups, not really my thing to say, to be honest, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be one that I would say, oh, I got to watch that. You know? Right. But, but yeah, we'll talk about it. We'll, we'll talk, talk about it. it for sure. Okay. So recommendation for Rico and anybody who is a little bit into the more darker themes and darker K-drama genres, Life on Mars. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for telling us your background in K-drama. I know it's a little tough because you don't come from a K-drama podcast, but I really Mm -hmm. appreciate your voice and how you have a different taste than people I think usually have. I think people fall into K-dramas mostly for the romance dramas. And that's how I fell in too. But in recent years, I've really branched out and tried to get out of my comfort zone. And I've ended up falling in love with a lot of like dramas that I wouldn't normally like yeah. and aren't really in my wheelhouse. But that's that's the fun of it. And that's the fun of this podcast too. So fun. Yeah. yeah. Something right. for everyone. Something for everyone. It's a vast... K-drama is not a genre. There's genres within K-drama. So yeah, remember yeah. that. All right. So housekeeping, if this is your first time listening, thank you so much for pressing play on our little podcast. We really appreciate it. If you can go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and all of them. And if you like us, please give us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That goes such a long way for other listeners to get involved and find us too and listen and become fans and K-Ramblers, which I just named anybody who likes K-Rambles. I named you guys K-Ramblers. (laughs) 
So come and check us out on social media. That's where I named you guys. <laughs> um, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at ATC Pod. And lastly, if you're a fan, please consider becoming a patron. It's a great way for you to get involved and show your support. You can check out the page on patreon.com slash alwayscriticpod. All right, Curtis, we're ready to get started on startup. Let's do this. Let's do this. Do you want to do the honors and read the Asian wiki synopsis? I would love to. Yay. All right. Let's see. This is um, the synopsis of startup. (laughs) Needing to make $90,000 to open her own business, so doll me drops out of university and takes up part-time work. She dreams of becoming someone like Steve Jobs. Nam Dosan is the founder of Samsung Tech. He is excellent with mathematics. He started Samsung Tech two years ago, but the company is not doing well. <laughs> Somehow, Namda san becomes Sodomi's first love. They cheer each other up and start to grow together. Yeah. I don't know about that Asian wiki synopsis. That sounds like kind of wrong, but it's okay. Very vague. Very, very vague, vague as well. Props yeah. to Asian wiki for giving like probably the worst and most vaguest... <laughs> <laughs> synopsis yeah. anyway startup originally aired from october to december 2020 it is 16 episodes long and you can currently watch it on netflix that's where we watched it it was directed by ochung juan and he has also directed hotel de luna while you were sleeping doctors and my love from the star one of the mm. most iconic dramas so it was also written by pake rion and she wrote while you were sleeping so she's worked with the director mm-hmm. before pinocchio i can hear your voice and Dream High, which also stars yeah. Bay Susie, who is our main girl here. She plays Told On Me. And she was most recently in, well, not most recently, but before Startup, she was in Vagabond. And she was also in While You Were Sleeping, Uncontrollably Fond, Goo Family Book. And we just mentioned Dream High. Do you have I like a, a favorite? There, right? I, there is a pattern. <laughs> Do you have a favorite uh, Susie drama? Yeah. You know what? I've only seen... While you were sleeping. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Oh, wow. Of these, okay. of these five. Well, I watched Vagabond. I watched maybe four episodes of Vagabond. It got, got a little you. weird. I, it, it got, got a little weird. <laughs> it got super weird, super no fast. Yeah. No shame. I was just kind of like, I don't know, man. But yeah, I really like While You Were Sleeping. So I see that pattern that these three folks all have in common that oh, nice. they all worked on While You are Sleeping. So I was ready to like this drama. I was ready to like Startup. So uh, yeah. yeah, already... Already going strong with this, uh, these three, the writer, director. Yeah, for sure. I think that I've, well, first saw her in Dream High, definitely watched her in Goo Family Book, which is a so- fantastical saga. It's about like Gumios and oh. it's like got some supernatural stuff in it. Uncontrollably Fond in 2016, I definitely remember watching because <laughs> it was like the melodrama of the year. It was so unbelievably sad. Uh, and then I just skipped while you were sleeping and weird. skipped okay. Vagabond. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's me Man, and Susie. Dream High, though. Dream High. Dream High, bro. Bro. IU. IU. Uh, Kim Soo Hyun, I think, oh, was in there. Yeah, because yeah. he can sing. So he's got like a voice of an angel. We don't really hear about that yeah. anymore. But he no, first started. My, my wife said he can really sing. He can wow. really sing. Yeah. And then wow. Taekyeon was in it. Tech from 2 p.m. Yeah. Like he yeah. was like all these artists. Was it? I can't remember if it's YG or JYP that like was the all of his artists oh. were in the show. But oh, anyway, wow. yeah, I don't know. I keep mentioning Dream High. I hope people can find Dream High and watch it because it's like one of those dramas that's like apparently very formative for me. Yeah. <laughs> in my K drama watching, I like mentioned it on every podcast. 
2011. So these guys are babies back then. They were they babies. Were, they had, had like 15, barely a career. Yeah. 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 Cool. Okay, okay, so it all startup also has Nam Joo Hyuk as Nando San. He, of course, had a very good 2022 so far with 2521, which stay tuned because the next episode is 2521 on Box. So we'll cover that pretty soon. You don't have to wait too long. Nam Joo Hyuk was also in School Nurse Files. Completely skipped that one. Bride of Habeck, you should skip that one. It's terrible. <laughs> Weightlifting Fairy Kim Bok iconic. One of the best yeah. K-dramas of all time, in my opinion. He was also in Moon Lover, Scarlet Heart. Uh, yeah, yeah. Tw- another 2016 show. He had a good 2016 because <laughs> he had Moon Lovers and then Weightlifting Fairy. Wow. Yeah. And then he was in Cheese in the Trap, Who Are You?, School twenty fifth slash school twenty fifteen. I don't like how they have those like double names. Yeah, like it should just be school twenty fifteen. But no, it's like who are you? School twenty fifteen. Yeah, yeah. I will say this: I first saw Nam Joo Hyuk in this small little K drama called Surplus Princess, uh-huh. and he played a really like nerdy guy, and kind of like a social outcast. Like he didn't have any friends. Like he was awkward. And I loved him in Surplus Princess as like this side character wasn't a starring role or anything. And it always stuck in my mind that he did so well on that. And people just consider him this like really cool guy. Hmm. And like most of the dramas, he's playing like a pretty like decently cool person with like really outrageously good looking as well. Okay, so I'm going to expose myself as the imposter that I am. Okay. I haven't seen any of these. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. You don't, no, have, no. You don't like, there's no, uh, no shame in not <laughs> watching these K-dramas. You know, I wanted to watch Weightlifting Fairy, and, and you have pushed me into definitely doing it. It's good. Sure. It's um, it's basically a high school drama without the high school because they're in college. Uh, yeah, yeah. They're in like a sports college. But yeah, so I came into this startup with no preconceived idea. Wow, about uh, Nam Joo Hyuk. Nam Joo Hyuk, yeah. So. Wow. Did you know he was a model or anything? Like, did you? No, I, I knew he was a handsome young man, but uh, I didn't know anything else about it. <laughs> I knew he was a handsome young man. <laughs> I mean. That was good. That was funny. Okay, I, I like this because I want to know your thoughts on his acting and we'll get to that in a minute. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then, of course, startup also has Kim Sono as Han Ji Pyong. He had a very good 2021 with Hometown Cha Cha Cha. He was in Catch the Ghost, Welcome to Waikiki 2, 100 Days My Prince, which I think everyone should watch that saga. It's a very good one. Two Cops, Strongest Delivery Man. And I think most people just know him from Hometown Cha 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 because he made such a splash yeah, yeah. in that show. Or this, I, did this one put him on the map? I mean, I would say this one put him on the map because it, it was just before the year before Hometown Cha Cha Cha. Yeah, and yeah. then people were so enamored with his second lead that when he finally was got the star in row. See, we got to talk about oh, this. Was God, he second don't lead? Don't do this yet. <laughs> hold me down. All right, we'll get into it. All right, we'll hold get back, it. Hold we'll back. get into it. Hold back, hold back. Okay. <laughs> so Kang Han Na is one in J, and she's been in shows like Bloody Heart, My Roommate is a Gumio from 2021, Designated Survivor, Familiar Wife, Rain or Shine, Moon Lovers. She was in Moon Lovers as well. It's a bit of a team up here again with Moon Lovers sta- uh, cast. Yeah. So I think that's mainly our cast. We can get into other people yeah. as well. But I would say this is our main cast, these four. All this out of the way, Curtis, what did you think of Startup? <laughs> Ooh, we're just going to go right into it. Okay. Right, like we're All done. Right. Like it's it's time. 
Yeah, okay, let's do this. All right, I got an analogy for you, and I hope I don't offend anyone with this analogy. I consider startup kind of like the Panda Express of K-dramas. Panda like, Express of K-dramas. Okay, okay, so let me let me let me get there. Okay, so um so I like Panda Express. I don't love Panda Express, gotcha. you know, but what I like about it is it's predictable. Mm. It's comforting. You know what you're going to get. It's reliable. It fills you up. You know, it's like you don't go there for fine cuisine, you know. <laughs> I'm not going to take a date to Panda Express or anything right. like that, you know. But but you know what you're going to get and it makes you feel good after after eating it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I kind of consider, consider this drama kind of like that where I'm not mad at this drama. Did it change my life? No. You know, <laughs> but was it what? You, and, you know, I had to put myself back in October 2020. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Height of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. We didn't know who the president of the United States was going to be. Right. We were we were in a weird place. Yeah. Uh, we didn't have a vaccine. People were dying. Remember? Like, yeah, I cannot I mean, get the images yeah. of, like, the refrigerator trucks outside of New York hospitals. That was scary times, man. It was, like, really dark. And we were all at home. You know, I'm a high school teacher, so we were teaching on Zoom. And it just we didn't know what was happening in the world. We didn't know if this was ever going to end. And so out of that darkness comes Susie <laughs> Bay's face. Right? Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, Bay Susie. Out of the clouds. Yeah, the nation's Nam girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> Nam Joo Hyuk. Like. Just coming out of the clouds, you know? <laughs> so, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm going to give it a solid... So I, I should also say you're getting two for one here because my wife watched it with me. Yeah. So I'm going to give it a two point. No, no, I'm going to give it a 3.25. Okay, 3.25. Got you. Soju bottles. Soju bottles. And my, my wife would give it a solid four. Yeah. So if you average us, we are 3.625. You <laughs> can't average it too. <laughs> no, okay. Somewhere in the middle. Somewhere okay. in the middle there. Okay. I mean, it's not great. It wasn't bad. You mm-hmm. know, it, it definitely was something that I didn't have to force myself to watch. Right. But it, it, is, it wasn't something that in, in 2020 that I actually la- levitated towards. So yeah, it's pretty solid. Definitely a solid, cool. solid watch. I got you. Okay, so I'm probably going to disagree with you more often than not because I really loved this show. Uh, okay, and okay. I have to I have to apologize to Startup because when I saw it pop up on Netflix <laughs> in late 2020, I was like, I'm not watching this show. Like, I just yeah, immediately, yeah. it was an, a gut reaction to not watch Startup because I saw the name, I saw Bay Susie, I saw Nam Joo Hyuk, <laughs> and I was like, not enough. Like <laughs> I saw mm-hmm. the plot mostly because of the plot, right? Mm-hmm, Which mm-hmm. seemed to be tech heavy, seemed to involve yeah. a lot of business and politics. And I was like, I am not like it's this is not where I'm at right now, like headspace. And it just looked not that it looked bad, but it didn't look particularly good to me. Yeah. No, same. So I this was not like my first choice to watch startup, but I was like, let me give it a chance. Like I haven't seen it before and like, I was pleasantly surprised. Like, I found it very good, even from episode one, where I thought that the setup of it was fantastic and that the whole machinations for how we ended up in the present day was very moving and touching. So, and then it was also, like, all about, like, pursuing your dream and, like, your passion project. And it was, like, yeah. glass half full, right? There's definitely characters in here that are glass half empty, But the overall vibe of the show is more positive toward pursuing your dreams and definitely starting that startup, you know? 
Um, so I loved the drama. I loved the OST. I had no idea OST, that yeah. I was already listening to the right. OST because yeah. as soon as a couple of these songs came up, like Future by Red Velvet, I was like, oh, uh-huh. my God, I've already heard this song. It's so yeah. good. So I, I already loved yeah. it. And I would say my favorite song off the OST is Running from Gaho. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Really love that song. But every song on the OST, really good. T- yeah. Definitely yeah. one of the better OSTs that probably I don't think people necessarily associated with Startup. <laughs> that's yeah. uh, no, that's you, my opinion. But I think, I think you and my wife are like almost the same type of person because she loves <laughs> romances. Yeah. And she loved this drama. Like four might be underselling it a little bit. You know, like she really liked it. And she's had the OST on, on repeat mm. on her list. And she didn't know that she was listening to startup songs. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Same, same. Same kind thing. of, yeah, same kind but, of feeling towards. But this startup. was our, both of our first times watching it. Like okay. Just this year. Yeah. So nice. Yeah. I, right. I clapped when the show ended. I was like, yeah. they, they really, like, they wrapped up all the storylines. They did such a good job of kind of like. <laughs> clapped it, I clapped when it ended. I was like, damn, like, that was a good show. Yeah. I was legitimately. Okay, yeah like riveted by it no, and you're not alone at all i think yeah. most of all i found that the pacing of the show was so commendable <laughs> sometimes you get that saggy middle sometimes you get um a lot of like fat that they could have trimmed in a plot and i thought this one they really nailed down what they wanted to say right. and they went for it and they were like really intentional with the time jump really intentional with how these characters grow grow how they grew and changed and that struck a chord with me because I like good writing and I'm a plot person. So huh? that was a major plus for me watching this show. All right. But the big question is, okay, go, <laughs> what are you going to hit me are with? You, are you team Namdo-san? Oh are God. You team good boy. So here's my thing. <laughs> I haven't had a lot of time to ponder this question. <laughs> this is the question. Though, I know man. this we is gotta- this question because I think this, this is one of the all time second, second male leads. In a K drama, I feel like a lot of people harken back to Kim Sono as Ji Pyong in this show and be like, he didn't get the ending that he should have gotten as a second male lead. And then you have Hometown Cha Cha Cha, which is like the, the redeeming like uh-huh. storyline where he's the lead and he gets the girl. Yeah. yeah. I would say that I was team Nam Do San the whole time. Yeah. No yeah. question. I loved Nam Joo Hyuk in this role. I thought that this was one of the better dramas that he's been in. I was on the fence on, <laughs> this is a conversation that I have with myself because there's no one to have it here. Like, you know, right, by my, right. Rico doesn't know who this man is. So I, more often than not, err on the side of he is not a good actor. <laughs> the only good acting that I had seen from him that I was like, wow, he's amazing, was weightlifting fairy Kim Bok Joo and I was like that's his only like cred uh-huh. street cred for acting like what's why are, why do people keep casting him like why is he on these top lists because I don't like really see the potential in in the shows like like I said he was in a baby role for surplus princess and I was like oh he plays like a really good nerd and then they start casting him in these cool ass roles and you're like I was like confused because I'm like he's a uh-huh. nerd you yeah. know he did so well in that role yeah so this show comes along and I'm like, I am sorry to Nam Joo Hyuk because I thought he did really well yeah, playing yeah. again to this strength that I already see in him where he is a nerd at heart. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think okay. recently he did an interview ahead of yeah ahead of or after twenty five twenty one, and they asked him what was the role that he felt closest to, like as a person, like this is the role that I identify with as being, you know, me. And he said it was this role, Nando-san. Okay. He yes. felt more like a nerd, less like the other roles, like twenty five twenty one or weightlifting fairy Kim Bokju, which is like that was an athlete, and then the other one was I won't spoil that one, but if you haven't watched twenty five twenty one, but. I feel it. I feel that he yeah. kind of embodied that role, even in his little mannerisms. Like he gets nervous and he's fiddling with his hands. He he's looking everywhere but the person. He's trembling. That sort of thing really he nailed in startup. So I yeah. felt that he was very strong as an actor in this role. And again, I have to say sorry to Nam Joo Hyuk. I have to say sorry to Bae Suzy because I forgot. Every few like years, she comes out with a new drama. And I'm like, ew, it's Bae Suzy. Like, what? <laughs> She's just beautiful. Like, there's nothing else. And then I watch the yeah, show and I'm yeah. like, I'm sorry, Suzy. I think you're pretty good. Like, it's, it is what it is. Like, yeah, it, yeah. I find that I err on the side of pretty privilege where it's like, they're just beautiful yeah. people and they're just giving them like these large roles. But in this case, Nam Joo Hyuk proved me wrong, and so did Suzy. Like, Suzy did very, very well as well. Yeah, see, yet again, you and my wife are the same person on this. No one. way. She also, she's, like, loves she's him. She's Team Dosan, yeah, Dosan. from the get go. Okay, so tell me what I, I'm assuming that you're on Kim Sono's side, Jipyong. Well, okay, I would be if he were written a little, a little, like, from the writers, I think, were Team Dosan. You know, like, clearly. <laughs> True. Clearly, we're not. Gonna, we don't want to spoil anything, but you you know from the first episode. I mean, from the second episode. But I really liked him first episode, you know, and second episode. Mm. The uh, good. I'm gonna call him good boy. It's good boy. Yeah, we'll call yeah. him good boy. Okay, so I, you know, first two episodes, he was great, and mm. I was like, he's the lead, right? Because yeah. they're giving you all this background. Because they and, really build him up as. Yeah. They fake you yeah. out because they give him all the backstory, all yeah. the backstory, all the usual attributes, the first love storyline yeah. and all that stuff that you think, oh, he's going to end up with the girl. Yeah. And then he kind of disappears in a way. You know, he, he wasn't written. He wasn't as a formidable uh, right yeah. as formidable as he could have been. I think mm -hmm. he could have been a lot more formidable. Uh, we'll talk about that more. But yeah, so I'm a little <laughs> bit, on you know, as written, he wasn't that great you know i'm not gonna say i'm firmly on team good boy but uh but yeah i wanted him to be a little more in the fight at least at least yeah he and they kind of touch on that too later in the show that he's not quite as courageous as yeah, yeah. namdol-san is yeah. in yeah. terms of fighting for love <laughs> so yeah okay so so you can you can, you don't have to defend it. I I think that that's not the best. I mean, choice. I can I can say more why in spoilers for sure. But I would yeah. say that if you like Good Boy over Namdo-san, I am interested to hear why. Like, is it just because Kim Sono is Kim Sono, or you know what was like? He was written pretty badly. To like not badly written, but yeah, but. His personality and right, the right. way that he comports himself is like not very yeah, that's, appealing. That, that's what I mean. Is no contest. You know, once the yeah. drama started going, it really wasn't much of a contest. When it yeah. could have been. When it could have yeah. been, like they could have backed up yeah. a bit and like it could evened have been out spicy. the spicy. Yeah. yeah. Oh god. You're right. You're right. It could have been but a they, real. Like, I think they didn't down. want. The, I didn't think they didn't want the second lead syndrome to get too heavy, but it did anyway. It did anyway. Yeah, I think it did in a sense, especially. Yeah. When they start evening out their the power play yeah. between them and they start really being on the same footing, yeah. um, 
then you're they like, held him back. Mm. I felt like they held him back, man. They kind of handicapped him a little. He had, yeah, I think he had a better shot, you know, to be honest. Well, the thing is, they really, yes, it, it was, was his, his game, game to, lose. to lose. It truly yeah. was because he had it from the start. It was home he turf. He did. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, for those who've watched the show, you get it. But like for those who don't, like we'll just leave it at that. That's not. Yeah. That's borderline spoiler, but we won't go into further detail. Yeah. Um. Was there anything else that stood out to you about the show besides that you? Yeah. Didn't yeah. like it as much as your wife and I did. <laughs> no. Again, it's not like I didn't like it. It's just like you said, I didn't like it as much. Mm. Is and it because the love lines or the romance was a little more than you were? Yeah, I, I like a little bit more plot, like stuff mm. going on, you know, like after a while, like after episode, like up to episode eight or nine, it was moving along really well. And then I thought the whole startup stuff, it's like, oh, are we going to build a <laughs> autonomous car? You know, that really wasn't interesting to me. Oh, true. I, I agree with you to a certain extent that like that, the technical aspects that they kind of got into later on in the show were not. That like I wasn't in the show watching for that. Yeah, the stakes got really low. It, it wasn't like, you know, like and I and so I you know I live in San Francisco, the center of startup territory. You mm-hmm. know, uh, you know, ground zero. And I like listening to stuff like that. So if you ever listen to a podcast called How I Built This, oh, uh, I think it's I've a, heard it's of this a, one. Yes, yeah, it's NPR, and and he just walks people through their startup experience, and it's exciting. And nail biting, you know, there's times when, you know, when you're doing a startup that you just don't know. And then I thought that this just kind of forgot about that part of the show you know, a little bit. Yeah, they play it safe in the yeah. latter half of the show. And it shows because there's like a time jump and they kind of change, like the characters change and their yeah. approach to the business changes. And I think that shows in how they back off the intensity (laughs) of like going full, full speed on one idea or one dream. So it's a gorgeous looking show. I mean, the color, you know, Netflix, right? Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) They just pour that Netflix money on it. They sprinkle the Netflix magical power powder on there called money. (laughs) <laughs> and yeah, so like the whole setting, the whole set, the sandbox set looked real good. Yeah, yeah. There was like a neon. They had a, a sandbox cafe with a neon. Like they just they just built. Yeah, this it whole looked thing. like a Google for startups. Yeah, yeah, for real. And for real. they knew their. I mean, I feel like they knew the appeal of Google and this type of work environment, and they were like, "We'll just do it." Like, like, it's, it's, yeah. Why wouldn't people want to come work at this? place called so, sandbox you yeah, know so it, it looked like they they did like some world building you know <laughs> like they created yeah, a whole you're little right. world yeah it was that little island do you know anything about that island no i don't know anything about do you know I, I, about that island? Uh, it's just very little but it's i think it's it's not a text they made it look like silicon valley's yeah. startup island yeah. but it was actually closed during the pandemic it, there's like cafes and parks and stuff on there ah. and so they had the whole place to themselves i think during the pandemic for oh, filming okay and so they made it look like a really cool campus you know and and you know not to brag but i have been to the <laughs> google comp you know google campus yeah. i've been by the apple campus down here and yeah, it's like that, you know, there's, there's cafes for everyone to just have free food at and stuff. <laughs> and, and people are good looking down there. You know, there's all these 20 something year olds out of fresh <laughs> out of college, you know, all everyone's fresh faced. And, and so they created this whole world, which I thought was really good. Yeah. But yeah. I'm going to say the best couple by far in this whole drama. Yes. Was 
uh, Grandma and Good Boy. Grandma and Good Boy. They were the best. They had the best moments, I thought. Oh, man, yeah. You're right. They had the most emotionally intense really moments intense. between them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're you're absolutely right that that relationship is like crucial to the show. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. That's oh, good point. Yeah. <laughs> the the real couple, the OTP, the real, the real couple, is <laughs> Grandma, Gma, and Good Boy. <laughs> yeah. 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 Harmony. I would say that the three guys from Sam Sun Tech were great together i love their camaraderie and the bromance between them and how they yeah, just kind yeah. of like they just assumed that they were going to do everything together yeah and yeah. i used to have relationships like that in my life where i was like okay where are we going like you know everything was decided by like majority vote and stuff and the fact that they just aligned their careers like that like that was pretty unique to me because I, even though I had relationships like that, I never adjusted my entire life around what we decided together to yeah, do right. if we were like working on something similar. Like we, my friends never even got in the same industry as, as I did. Um, so it's, it's interesting. I think it's a very weird relationship because I'm not sure if people actually live like that. Like in just K-drama world, this seems <laughs> like it makes sense. But like, let's, you know, spend our, our three years in like relative poverty together trying to do a startup. And like my friend's the CEO and like we live in this like this hot box rooftop <laughs> apartment where we... The rent's cheap. We just smell yeah. barbecue all day long. And it seems to be like we're living the dream. We have all this freedom. And I'm like, I think after the first week or so of no AC, like I live in Florida, we, I would I would freaking leave. Like there would yeah. be no shot for Samsung on tech in my life. This is, I don't know how real, you know, obviously a three person team doesn't really build a company usually. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, there's there's long nights together from what I understand in the startup world. So it's not totally unrealistic. And but it's mm. cute. Yeah, it was it was a cute little um we're in this together. Yeah. Uh, no matter what. No matter so, what. <laughs> so that was kind of fun. I think that yes, I, I I have to say that I would I would have bought the whole like we gotta keep the team together aspect of startup better before the pandemic than I do now after the <laughs> pandemic because okay. I feel like people's perceptions of companies and businesses have completely changed after mm. the pandemic mm. and after these mass layoffs and furloughs especially here in Orlando where they were in the theme park industry and when the right. theme park shut down like it was thousands and thousands of people who lost their jobs oh, wow. and so people I feel like especially here in in Florida and Orlando where tourism is like a huge aspect of our of our state businesses are not like loyal and people yeah. employees are now learning there's no sense in being loyal to a company hmm. Hmm. And so now I'm like watching startup and I'm like, this is like an idyllic utopian sort of company <laughs> where it really does feel like family. I'm losing air quotes here. And they want to stay working together like at all costs and money uh. isn't an issue. And like, you know, they is very beautiful and idyllic. And you're saying like beautiful colors. And I'm like, yeah, it looked beautiful. Like they painted this beautifully. But in reality, like I am more of a half glass half empty person now post pandemic uh, and 
it kind of soured a little bit of the show for me. Not all of it, because of course I just said, I love the show. I do. But I think that it's fake. Like I can't like (laughs) buy in completely. I'm like, this is a beautiful fantasy. (laughs) Yeah. You know what though? Out here, you know, in the tech industry, everyone just went home and it was fine. You know, yeah, so yeah. I a can lot of people, that. you know, I have friends at Apple, friends at Google. They're like, "Oh, we're perfectly fine at home." You know, we do everything on computers anyway. <laughs> so they, you know, they they did okay. You know, they did okay. I, I could see a, a startup struggling, you know, because they do need to do a little more face to face meetings and whatnot. Mm. But yeah, you know, I don't know. I think I think it could have happened in 2020. Like a, a small company could have held it together and held on to its people, maybe. But it's just crazy money out here, too, though. You know, so people. Yeah. The dream of startups is that you're going to get bought and you're going to your tech yeah. is going to be so good. High risk, so, high gain. Yeah. No, yeah. I have friends, you know, I'm, I'm older than you and I have friends in their late 40s and early 50s who aren't working anymore because they hit that one. The jackpot. Payday. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a real thing. I mean, it's a thing that you could have a, a 39-year-old on a yacht. You know, you could have a, Oh, my God. We have yeah. to talk about that. I was looking at that okay. in my notes, like, to ask you because you're in San Francisco. And I was like, homie, what what is this, like, lifestyle that they're leading over there? Is that legitimate? Well, let me tell you about my yacht. No. Oh, I would I book a flight yeah. so fast. I'd be like, can I rent the yacht? I have to tell you this. And this is, like, a stupid pipe dream of mine. But I um we go on a family vacation every year. And last year was a beach vacation. And on the last day of the beach vacation, I was like, we got to level up. Like, we got to stop renting these like mansions. We have to do like a yacht vacation. Uh Like, let's rent a yacht for like a couple of weeks and just sail around. And like, it'll have the private chef. We don't have to worry about nothing. And then I looked into renting a yacht, right? Uh Homie, it was like, it's like $30,000, $40,000, $50,000, $60,000 to rent a yacht for like just a week. Yeah, because it comes with a crew. You got to pay with the, the gas, blah, 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 yeah. all this yeah. stuff. It was an exorbitant amount of money. And I was like, <laughs> I was like shocked because it was yeah. such a like moment for me to like come down and be like, I can't do that. Like I literally have no means to do this right now or, or maybe ever because it is so like you need to get people, how many people to like offset and then like split the cost. And it would just be like yeah. a really stupid, expensive vacation. Well, I'll, I'll tell you a story. So my high school where I teach at, has a parking lot and we're right by Ghirardelli Square Fisherman's Wharf area. So we're right in that area. And so I can I can see the bay from where I work. Yeah. And so uh, do you guys you ever heard of Larry Ellison? He owns he started Oracle. So Oracle's like a business oh. to business place. So super rich guy. He's one of those yacht guys. You know, he was he funded the America's Cup team. He had his Oracle oh my goodness. boat. And so the year that he had won the America's Cup the year before his team won, they had a big party, but it was also Fleet Week where the Navy comes to town. Mm. And so parking was crazy. So he called us up and said, hey, can I use your parking lot? And I'll give you whatever, $20,000 for for the day, you know? For the day. To, to, be, to be able to park people in the parking lot, and I'll shuttle them to the San Francisco Yacht Club so we can watch the America's Cup from my, you know, from my yacht. So there's that kind of money out here, man. Like I do not have a yacht, but there are there is yacht money out here. Yeah, I mean, there's yacht money in Florida too. And I, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> not to be this person, but like we rented a boat a few weeks ago when we were down in Miami, and like we were just in 
in the coastal waters there and like honestly the amount of money that's just on the water not to mention the houses that are on the water but like just the yachts and like we had our the boat driver was like telling us how much these yachts cost and he was like well it could cost this much but really it matters what's inside the yacht because then it could be 20 30 million dollars like it doesn't matter what it looks like on the outside it's like what matters what's on the inside and it like blew my mind right it is. It's crazy. I anyway, like that's a whole tangent of like yachts and yacht yeah. life. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to yacht Start rambles. Up. <laughs> yacht rambles. <laughs> Hit me up if you have a yacht that you can rent for uh, like I don't know cheap. Anyway. <laughs> All right, let's get into. This let's show, get into man. it. I think we're ready for spoilers. Are you? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, spoiler section coming right up. <laughs> you want to come in all right curtis we're on the other side of spoilers so anything goes where do you want to start let's start should we start with the uh the first two episodes let's start with the first two episodes because i did say that i really liked the first episode and i they were amazing episodes some of the best at first couple of episodes in k-drama that i've seen because I truly thought that it was going to be more technical, more business oriented, and certainly was in the later episodes. But the first two episodes were about human connections, familial problems, and it just was like a sliding door situation with the sisters choosing a parent to live with, the older sister being super cruel about saying thank you for showing me what I missed in my life because it seems like you've fallen on hard times and my... I stayed with mom and she married a rich man. So like it was very much an emotional roller coaster for me. I thought the flashback scenes of the family breaking up, the dad hustling to get investors for the biz, the letters between Uh, Dosan, uh, were not Dosan, but good boy and um, Susie. It's just really good fodder for K-drama. Yeah, no, it, it had everything, right? <laughs> you it know, did. You got, you got a parent dying, you know, classic, right? Oh, and he gets run over, and you're just yeah, like, oh, there it is. <laughs> there it is. Um, which, you know, plays in later when they do the autonomous car, and she says, you know, if we had the safety features, we my dad would still be here. Yeah. So that was kind of, I didn't I didn't see that coming. When they did the autonomous car, I was like, what? That's silly. But then <laughs> she gave her reason why. I yeah. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. It would help my grandmother who's going blind and right, it would right. would have helped my dad, you know, avoid yeah. such an accident. Yeah. But yeah, so, so episode one and two, it was good boy show, man. It was the good boy show, basically. It was his game. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was really great. You know what I wanted more is I wanted to know what's in those dang letters, man. Oh yeah, because she fell in love with him. She for, fell in love with him immediately. Years. It was her first love, and she couldn't just, get over yeah. it for fifteen years. She met. She, he was the measuring stick against which she measured every other guy in her life, exactly. and no other guy measured up. Like he yeah. was just so perfect on paper. Yeah, <laughs> and they only they only gave like one or two snippets, like "Oh, you're my music box" or whatever. But she, they didn't, you know, like yeah. what did he write? What was what this was kid, it? man? And this... he was seemed to be doing it was like a group project with him and G Ma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, what the heck were they telling this girl that like made oh. her want to? For, first of all, changed her depression because she was falling into a deep depression after like her deep. family imploded. Yeah. So the grandma was like, "Oh, we have to like we have to cheer her up somehow. She needs a friend." Yeah. 
Yeah. And like, what the hell were they telling this little girl? Like, (laughs) what could they possibly say? And there was a stack of them, you know. Yeah, it was like a whole thing. Yeah. So it was, it kind of, you know, I like, I like a good Cyrano de Bergerac story where you have kind of like this guy and he's Mm. writing these letters. And I thought that's where they were going. Because you're right first, to invoke Cyrano, though, right? Because the first episode, yeah. you, wow, you just blew my mind invoking Cyrano because that's exactly what the son was like a hapless, you know, exactly no social skills. Yes. Right. Yes. And they had this one scene where where good boy was like, OK, text her this because he was going to text her something else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he had no ability to, to flirt with her. Yeah, and I, I, I thought it was gonna go Cyrano de Bergerac, where he was gonna help her, help Dosan. Yeah, and he did. You know, he lent his car and clothes and his yeah. house and stuff. So I thought it was gonna be a classic case where the real guy was the mm. guy behind the guy. Yeah, and he could it, and and at the end there was gonna be like a reveal where it's yeah. like, oh, the guy you really love mm-hmm. all this time is not the the pretty face. Well, they're both handsome you know, but and they're both beautiful yeah, we'll it wasn't like one was a, yeah yeah one wasn't like a gruesome guy or, so they're both <laughs> handsome but um but yeah i was waiting for that reveal at the end where it was going to be like oh the guy that you love from the letters mm-hmm. and the guy you love actually who was helping dosan this whole time was yeah. actually a good boy but then it, then they dropped it they dropped so, it yeah i was kind of interested yeah why'd they do that yeah they really set up uh the good boy to be the winner and and not to be like this is a game but i think that they psyched the audience out because they did that total psych out it was yeah. a psych out because they gave him the first love they gave him the letters they gave him all this backstory that she um he's her first love and she doesn't know it and you're just like waiting for the other shoe to drop and her to be yeah. like oh I really like this guy instead. It's not Nando-san. It's yeah. Han Ji-pyong. Because literally, he was like, what do you like about me? She has oh. nice big hands. Let's talk about that scene because I have that in my notes from episode four. <laughs> and I was I was very distraught by this scene because he so earnestly asked her, what do you like about me? Uh-huh. And she says that, oh, you're my first love. Oh, your letters brought me so the much letters. comfort. Yeah. You've grown up to be so cool. And like, it's like hit after hit, right? Like strike. She's after talking strike. about good boy. She's talking she's, about good boy. Yeah. And then finally she's like, he's like, but what do you like about me? He keeps asking her the same yeah. question, and expecting a different answer. And she finally says, oh, it's because you have big hands. <laughs> and he's like, the fuck? Like, what? It's like lame. Yeah. She, what? Yeah, so, it's so they heartbreaking. Set it and they yeah. set it up. But you're like, she doesn't like him. Mm-hmm. It's evident in episode four. She clearly likes good boy. She likes good boy. And yeah, it was very sad for him to to be going throughout the show trying to live up to this very rich past that she had with good boy and do yeah. better and try and woo her in ways that uh, Han Ji-pyong can't or won't because he's a coward. Yeah. So the big hands combo in episode four was very heartbreaking to me. And then he plays it so well, like not a, uh, Nam Joo Hyuk played it so well because he's quietly devastated. Yeah, in front of yeah. her. Now, he was good. I thought mm-hmm. he was good because again, I've never seen him before. And you know, at first you go, "Oh yeah, he's, he's handsome," but then yeah, he can act. He can act. He can. He's got some chops here. And I, again, he's not to a level that I'm like, yeah, I, I bought, I bought stocks in Nam Joo Hyuk. I'll just watch anything that he's in because I'm not there yet. But I think that he's pretty great in this yeah. show especially <clears throat> okay so besides 
Uh, so what is it about him that you like? I can't, you know. Okay, sure. I'll, I can elaborate. So you want me to elaborate do? on yeah. what? What did he do that would make Susie, besides being a genius and saving her a couple besides times? Besides being a genius, besides being very generous with his time and being essential to the business, I think that he is just so kind and just has a beautiful soul about him. I don't think that he was malicious in any way. And I think that good boy came off super malicious and yeah. mean spirited for the majority of the show. And that comes back to bite him because you have this whole subplot of like, he possibly drove a kid to suicide with his biting criticism. And yeah. I think he kind of realizes the error of his ways after that. And he starts to change. He doesn't change too much. It's not a complete 180 where he's like actually going head to toe with Namdo san but I think that he kind of backs off about especially giving so so much criticism that isn't that comes across as being not even criticism. Like it's not done in from a place of love, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So he's rough. Yeah, it's definitely he's rough. rough. He's abrasive. I mean, he gives you bad news with like a really condescending smile yeah. on his face and he just right. is like a smug dude. Yeah. But behind the scenes, we all know he's a nice he's guy. He's a nice guy behind the scenes. Like, it's weird so that the, he... The writers did him dirty. The <laughs> writers did him so dirty, bro. Because you know that he wants to be loved. Like, that's his thing. That's why he yeah. gravitates to Orjima is because he never had a family. He's yeah. an orphan. Right. And this old grandmother, like, took him in and, like, helped him get on his feet after he was basically thrust into the real world with barely any yeah. money, no yeah. adulthood to kind of help him along. So he couldn't even get a bank account. And he was struggling. He was out on the streets. He had nowhere to go. So I think that that relationship was so crucial to him. And he not only fell in love with Soldami, but he fell in love with her family as well and having this family yeah. unit that he never had before. Yeah. So it's very sad that they did him so dirty and wrote him so mean. They did, <laughs> they yeah. They wrote him so mean. And like Nando-san is over here like knitting when he's angry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like no, you, I can't, agree. you can't help but like really love this kid because he's just yeah. so like endearing and yeah. charming. That's like my, inadvertently yeah, charming. Like, yeah, he's just super nice. He's nice to grandma, you know, doing the tech for her to see. Yeah. Like, he's a nice guy. And, you know, he his dream was after a while it wasn't even to start a company anymore it was just to help help yeah. Dami out. His yeah it just I think that his um, startup dream that he wrote down was that uh, I want to make a misunderstanding you know real or something like that he wanted it to be turned around like this whole situation this whole Cyrano situation that we have here I wanted to like actually benefit me and us in this relationship yeah. instead of like blow up in my face and be a negative. Yeah. And I then he I kept saying, like, that she was his dream, right, too? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I see that. But <laughs> like, I guess there was I no just... other option. Like, for him, it was her or nothing. And he said, yeah. at, the, at the end of the show, he was like, yeah, I'll love her forever, even if yeah. she doesn't love me back. And I was like, right. oh, God. He didn't care about money. Yeah. And... But I guess I just didn't see the total connection where it was like, I could see why Dalmi would would totally fall for him. I guess he's just super nice. He's just nice. He's just wonderful to her. And I think that she ended up falling for him very 
very slowly, like after the fact, after like yeah. the shit hit the fan, essentially, yeah. and she finds out that Good Boy is actually Dosan yeah. and was writing the letters, she like really had to reconcile the two guys, what they each are really doing, and yeah. you know who who she really fell in love with. So it was it was interesting. I wish we had more of that and more right. of her actually working it out. You yeah. know, you kind of get the fact that she's like staying up nights and is really tortured by this decision and by, you know, which guy should she yeah. kind of invest in to use startup terms? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and mm-hmm. Nando-san doesn't put any pressure on her either, which I find very appealing because I want to get away from, oh, he's the nice guy should get the girl. I don't believe that. Like that is, I feel like getting into um, toxic masculinity in a sense, we're like, I have bought you dinner, so you owe me. Like, She's I'm a nice prize, guy, yeah. so like, you should yeah. like me back. And no, that's not the case at all. I don't, I don't want that to get confused with like, oh yeah, Nando-san is a nice guy, so he should get the girl. That's not the case. I feel like they were very smart in the latter half of the show to have him not put any pressure on Sodami, and say, and he really backed off, was not like wooing her in any strict sense, and it was only when Good Boy was like get your head out of your ass. She loves you. Yeah. That he went after her and was like, asked her the same question from episode four. was Uh like, why do you like me? Yeah. And she ends up just giving this vague answer. I wish she went into detail because before she did, she was like, Oh, this, this is X, Y, Z. This time she was like, it's because it's you, you know, do I need a better reason? (laughs) It's just you, which is very romantic on paper, but like it's at the too that's, cheap though, yeah, yeah, it's a cheap shot. Like she got out of the, answering the question for sure. Yeah, let's go back to to episode nine, the the birdhouse outside <laughs> of the old corn dog shop, yeah. where there's one more letter in the birdhouse, mm-hmm. and good boy rushes over there to get it, mm-hmm. and somehow I forget how, but Susie figured it out, and she shows up there. That. That was right in the middle of this whole thing, mm-hmm. and that was such a pivotal moment. And then it fizz- it didn't turn into anything. Yeah, it. Um, she ended up being very like depressed for a bit, yeah. and was very sad. I don't want to say depressed. I think she was just very sad and hurt, super confused. Yeah, confused especially because she doesn't know like who to trust. Yeah. These two guys have been in her life for the past few months during a high stress time. Yeah. And they've both been invaluable in different ways. And now, like, their identity is in question. Yeah. That would have been super spicy, though, right? If <laughs> So she, that moment, she's, like, ca- calling Dosan on the phone, like, tell me, you know, I forget, what color pen you used on this thing or whatever. Like, yeah, can yeah, you tell yeah. me where I hid the letters? <laughs> oh, yeah. She's like, tell me where you hid the letters. Uh-huh. And she's, he's like, uh, uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She says, tell me right now. Just tell. She's crying. Yeah. And good boy's crying. Everyone's crying. Everyone's crying. <laughs> Everyone is crying. And it was just kind of like, tell me, just say it. Why don't you, why don't you know this? You should yeah. know this. And then, and then that would have been spicy if they shifted it. What if they, what if they shifted it to good boy at that point where she's like, you're the guy behind the guy this whole time? Hmm. Yeah, they could have written a little more twisty bits for the romance in that spot. But I think personally, I think they were missing like a showdown between her and Jima because Jima gets off scot-free to me. Basically. To me, (laughs) she unleashes hell on the guys 
but yeah. doesn't really confront or talk about the situation with her grandma ever. And the grandma was the impetus for the whole she thing happening. The whole she time. was the grandmaster, uh, the mastermind behind the whole plot. Yeah. With yeah. the letters. So I was like, I'm missing this, like, not showdown necessarily, but I did feel like there should have been a point where she confronts the grandmother about, like, why she did this. How could you let it go on for so long? What, you know, what were the guys yeah. thinking? And like, talk to her about the situation. She never does. And that really bothered me. Yeah. Um, episode nine also has like this whole concept of low self-esteem with Namdo-san, where they get into like the backstory of him winning the mathlon or the mathematics yeah, competition yeah. and actually cheating on one of the questions. Yeah. And then him being like having low self-esteem for the rest of his life and him feeling like any chances for him to get a leg up like pure luck is actually just a curse in disguise a curse disguised as a blessing because he feels like an imposter so there's like imposter syndrome in there as well feeling guilty for cheating and lying and to me that was also a positive for his character because it just showed that he had such a pure heart and he really was suffering from lying to Sodami all this time. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they, I think they wrote it well enough for him. I just wanted a little They didn't have line. some sort of redeeming aspect about Good Boy that could have played into the romance, like you said, where in this case, the lie is revealed and, like, Good Boy is just, like, calling Jima, like, how is she doing? Is she yeah. all right? Like, there was yeah. no, like... He could have stepped up, yeah. Mm-hmm. He definitely Hol- could have stepped up. Homie had three years. He had three That's years. the... Th- okay, okay, okay. So that's the major thing, is that <laughs> so, he had three years, no shot. competition, to shoot his shot with Sodami, and he never does. And then the day he's thinking of doing it, those he shots comes back. shows up in the elevator. <laughs> he comes Come back on, to town. 1-800-YOU-THOUGHT. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was such a bad plan to like Weak. three yeah. years. Yeah, that was kind of weird. It was kind of like you had all this time and, you know, you, that was, again, your game to lose. Mm-hmm. Home court advantage. Mm-hmm. You've got all the money. You've got all the position. You've got all the you got the letters. Yeah. She and already covered, loves you. They covered this, too, in that very same episode, episode nine, where the boys sleep over at Sodami's house because they get drunk. And they start comparing each other's like merits and good qualities. And good boy seemingly has everything. He's rich, (laughs) successful. You know, he's got all these good qualities to him. And then that's what um, Nando-san is talking. He's like, you have all of, you have everything. And I have nothing. And um, good boy says that he has that one thing. And the one thing is her. (laughs) In yeah. this case. Yeah. And yet, Namdo-san says, you want to take that away as well. The one yeah. thing that I have. And it, re- yeah. it reminded me, and this might be just because I watched this movie recently, but it reminded me of um, the movie Count of Monte Cristo, which is obviously based on the book by on- Alexandre Dumas, which doesn't have this storyline in it as all, as all, at all. So that's why I say the movie Count of Monte Cristo. Where there's this jealousy storyline between the man who has nothing, the man with nothing who finds joy in everything, and the man who has everything but finds joy in nothing. Nothing, yeah. And it's it's very similar between these two characters as well, where, like, good boy 
like has everything but is very unsatisfied with his life. He doesn't have a family, first and foremost. And he doesn't really have sold out me either, like the love of his life now <laughs> that he realizes it. And Namdo-san does have those two things. Like he has the girl for the most part of the show and he has a wonderful family who supports him. Sometimes they're a little mean to him, but yeah. they support him. <laughs> they're alive. Yeah. Least. And he has friends. <laughs> Um, yeah, good boy has yeah. no friends. So like, yeah, yeah. I think there's a point being made within the show that money can't buy you happiness and money can't buy you really important lasting relationships in your life. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> clearly with the sister, you know, and yeah, and the, the mom who, who married out of poverty to get, yes. to get rich. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's that theme. Um, um, I got really upset with the sister, Inje, when mm-hmm. she lied about being the sandbox inspiration. Really? <laughs> I don't know why, but uh, that like that rubbed <laughs> me so wrong because the whole time she's trying to do things on her own. She's trying to be independent, trying to get away from her like asshole stepdad who like took her out of the CEO position, like try to muscle her out of her own yeah, company that yeah. she started. And she's trying to be different do things differently, start her own company. And still she decides to lie about like being the inspiration for the sandbox logo and the company itself. And it felt so backward to have her like be redeemed at the end. I, it felt good. Like, obviously like I'm like, okay, the sisters have, have reconciled but at the end of the day i'm still like she was still a bad person (laughs) like she was playing dirty half the more than half the time and changing your name doesn't change changing your name doesn't change what you did cutting your hair and changing your name yeah like she was like cutting her hair like trying to make a statement and i'm like (laughs) babe like you still Uh, got the baggage (laughs) yeah she had kind of a week i wanted more from her too like she was an interesting character absolutely i think that they wrapped her story up okay like bare minimum because her hang up was she felt like she didn't have a, a place of belonging she thought that she made a good choice in moving in with her mom and then becoming basically a tribal by marriage. Yeah. And then she decides that she wants to change her name after like the fallout and her deal was she didn't want to go see the grandmother because she felt at the end, they give this reason that she felt bad because she didn't have the same last name, which I find kind of like a deeper thing that they didn't explore at all. The power of names and clans, especially because in the paperwork, it said something about like, you can come back to the clan. So, and, but she, but she could have done that that, six months ago. That was like a, like that was dumb to me because then you're talking years that she never went to see the grandmother and they were telling her grandma's going blind. Yeah. You should go see her so that she can see you right now when she can. And still she decides, no, I'm going to wait until my name change is like permanent. Yeah. I just thought it was, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that wasn't great. Yeah, she just kind of didn't do a whole lot. Yeah. And she tried, yeah, she I mean, she was kind of nicer to Susie later on, but she didn't like re- totally redeem no. herself by saving Susie from something. Yeah, and she kept like throwing her mistake. like bad eggs and throwing her to morning group which was her stepdad's company and like causing issues and just being like a terrible person (laughs) saying really mean things to her things like you don't say like you chose wrong thank you for for showing me like why (laughs) i didn't choose to go with dad and like all this like really cruel stuff she was cruel 
Yeah. Yeah. The, the the other side characters didn't have much to do either. You know, they had that other little love story, the guy from Crash Landing on You. Yeah, yeah, from the Crash Landing Stephanie. crew. Yeah, it's just I didn't need that to be honest. I mean, really? Cuz I really like that storyline. Okay. okay. Um, I like it when I guess the nerd who has no game <laughs> yeah. gets to gets the girl mostly because yeah. she in that case I feel like she really did develop feelings for him and okay. it wasn't like a sudden thing that all of a sudden she's like into him. Yeah. It it yeah. was it was like decent. I, I I mean they could have even gotten more screen time, although I don't know if they ever would have done that. Like in K drama world, I can't see like a yeah. third couple like a you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying I want less of that. I guess I just, it didn't do much for me. Got you. Yeah. But. His, like, weird laugh was funny, too, because he would do, like, a, that breathing laugh. He was like, <laughs> like he would, like, do that yeah, <laughs> to laugh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was just, the- like, like, he... <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I just felt bad for the guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he, he ended up okay at the end. Yeah, he did. So the, most I of the think, arcs were fine. Yeah. I think episode 12 was the most brutal episode because that's when they get their asses handed to them by that other Silicon Valley conglomerate company that comes and buys up their company, Samsung Tech. Yeah, yeah. And the... Like, to me, this was the equivalent of, like, Avengers Infinity War. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> the band is broken up, and yeah. the couples have crashed and burned. She gives back the baseball and breaks up with him, saying she isn't yeah. his dream. And he wanders around in the rain on his birthday. No <laughs> rainbow appears in the sky. Like, it's very emotional to me. I thought their breakup, Sodami and Namdo-san, their breakup was one of the worst breakups really okay in k-drama it was very just especially his reaction reaction to her telling him all this stuff mm. that she doesn't mean like evidently she doesn't mean all this stuff but she decides like i have to cut him loose so that he can like live go, go to yeah. san francisco and live out this dream of being like in silicon valley and actually, like, getting a little bit of reward for his hard work and all of his talents because he wasn't necessarily reaping the benefits of being this genius um, yeah, developer yeah. Um, with Samsung Tech. So but I just... Have they, have they not heard of uh, Skype or that's long thing. <laughs> that is my thing, is that I don't mind, like, you telling him, go, go to San Francisco, there's nothing we can do. Like, we really you know, effed up on this one. Just, if you can't beat him, join him, just go to California. But I don't understand why she broke up with him so brutally. Like she was brutal to him and like gives back the baseball. Like that was like, that said, follow your dreams on it. Like the dream, their dreams are dead. Like it was like, not your dream. Oh my God. Like, and then, you know, he's, he's again, like super devastated. I, I don't think I could have forgiven her for that. And he doesn't like initially he's like, yeah. I just don't want to see you anymore. Like I can't keep doing this like with you yeah, because it's yeah. crazy. Um, so that was brutal. And then episode 13, <laughs> you have the time jump of three years. Right. And this is where we get that the boys are doing really well in Silicon Valley. On the yacht. On yeah. the yacht. <laughs> Live <wine>. streaming. <laughs> And that oh, she's the CEO of like the subsidiary company to uh, her sister Inje, comp- her sister's company Inje. Yeah. 
And then the self-driving car promo and all that crap. And to me, that was the equivalent of Avengers Endgame, where like everybody comes back together back in Korea. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it was a bit of like an on your left sort of situation with them pulling a Hail Mary to get back all that hacked um, information. Like they got hacked. Right before like a showcase or something. And that was who will save the day. Who will save the day? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's not it's Nando San. Like he he turns up and obviously um, saves saves her. Yeah, yeah. I so I wasn't into the whole self driving car, like you said. Like you yeah. were like, I don't care about the car. Yeah, I didn't Boring, either until yeah. she named the car Tarzan. Yeah, <laughs> and then she says, I know. Everyone's like, Why you name the, Why'd you name the car Tarzan? Like it's a funky name, right? And she goes, I named it Tarzan because of the Tarzan and Jane analogy to explain machine learning from back when they first met. Yeah. And that was so good to me. I was like, ooh, that's yeah. good writing. Like, that's good to bring it back to that yeah. um, conversation. Because that wasn't uh, a situation where she was mistaking him for Han Ji-pyong, good boy. Finally, that was, was pure Nam-do-san, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. That moment was pure Nam-do-san. So I was like, oh, like, it's a good sign that she is placing so much value on that interaction. And you didn't think necessarily that she was like... like listening that well like she was like into it but not so much that she was like having an emotional connection to like this tarzan and jane story that he tells but here's the connection yeah Yeah. it was good (laughs) so here's a question just a kind of a general question about Susie. okay i cannot watch a Susie drama without thinking oh that's Susie. yeah you know I think that's I mean? the problem. I think she that's doesn't the become problem. the character. You know, it's the just problem Susie is Bay. I see Susie. I don't yeah. see necessarily Sodami, and I'm like lost in this role. Yeah. Versus she, like IU and my Mister yeah, unrecognizable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mm-hmm. know, like you don't you don't notice her at all. Yeah, like, you don't. I, yeah, I think you have but a with point. Susie Bay, you can't. You know, and I think the writers get lulled into that. They don't make her very complex, and because they're like, oh, she's so beautiful, and she's everyone loves her so much. Mm-hmm. She's the nation's first love that we don't have to make her very complex because people will watch because it's right. Silly. Right. Like she's a bankable star. Yeah. Because I wanted her to save the company somehow, you know, like, yeah, she walked a few miles to get some investors, you know, or <laughs> or whatever. You know, like she she did a little bit. But mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, you or I could CEO that company, to be honest. <laughs> like what did what did Susie really do? Yeah, she's learning on the, the go. And I get that she can give a mean presentation. Uh, Yeah. But um, yeah, I guess she had more of like the vision aspect. Like, where can we point this this gun, so to speak? And she was like, "Okay, well, we can use AI for this and that. And I was doing research and we can do that. And she seemed to be a little more proactive and um, like a vision maker. She's creating mission statements for the company and really driving the the investor portion and like the behind the scenes stuff and business yeah. proposals and all that crap. I mean, she didn't do nothing, but I, I just wanted her to, yeah, yeah. to ha- be a hero. Somehow. I got you. She, you wanted her to have a hero. The damsel. Yeah. yeah, yeah she's yeah. always the damsel. I agree every with show you. she's been in, she needs saving. I agree with you. And it's like for once, Susie do something <laughs> that no one else could do, you know, like do something yeah. that, that none of the boys could do. I would say that the only part that I was like, oh, damn, she she really pulled one on the boys was 
when she recorded that conversation with the okay. Morningstar CEO. Okay. All right. And she had this like blackmail recording of like this heinous, disrespectful <laughs> meeting. And yeah. she came to battle. She was like, I, you know, I can basically ruin your company reputation with this with this audio. Why don't you yeah. just give us this budget <laughs> that you would have normally given to saving your company's ass? And like, we can call it even. And I was like, damn, that was like the one moment where I was like, she really got a moment. All right. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I don't know. Cause like this, you know, the startups that I've heard of the CEO often has to pull something out of their hat. They have to do some magic Mm. to save the company. And I guess I just didn't see her with the killer move, you know, that no one else could have done. I got you. But she's perfectly like, She's the orange chicken. She's the orange chicken at Pan Express, right? <laughs> She's great. <laughs> Everyone loves her. Uh, very, very comforting. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I would say that she's she's good on paper. She really is. Like Bay Susie, I think yeah. she can act, but I don't think that she has that appeal where she's getting so immersed and lost in the role that you can't see her celebrity. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to and separate. Yeah, the Bay Susie aspect completely overshadows pretty much every role that she's in because you're like, oh shit, it's Bay Susie. <laughs> like yeah. every time you're looking at yeah. the screen. So right. that's a, I think that's a problem to be. And then she's not, I would say she is kind of typecast as well because she has never mm-hmm. been a villain. She's never been, you know, second lead. She's never, you know, she, she well, just. In Vagabond, she was, she was supposed to be like an agent, right? Like she had some skills, but then she kept needing saving. Like she always needed saving. Mm-hmm. And I wanted her for once to just kind of yeah. save the day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I did like that they kind of, like I said before, before spoilers, that they gave a, some arcs to these characters. And for yeah. Bay Susie, sold on me, she became less reckless over the course of that time jump, which was a good change. And it takes Namdo-san, who over the time jump became a lot more assertive and kind of less timid. Mm -hmm. It took him saying, we should do this thing. Like, I know it seems impossible, but we should just do it. Anyway, for her to kind of get back into these old habits of, you know, to take a, a term that I think people might not recognize where it's from, but like gazelle intensity. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Which is a, um, <laughs> I forget his name, but he's like a, a fin- finance um, guru. <laughs> okay. I forget his name. Um, Dave Ramsey. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dave Ramsey says like, basically you want to get out of debt with gazelle intensity. Like you're being chased by a predator. For your life. And in this yeah. case, I think that she had that gazelle intensity in the first half of the show when like there was a lot of the, on the line. You said before that the stakes were extremely high and after the time jump it's like slowed down a lot. Like she's in a comfortable place yeah. and she isn't that reckless anymore. And she's not like running toward the finish line with reckless abandon and making cr- snap decisions that like I said before, like high risk, high gain. Like they're not yeah. really she's not taking that initiative So that was like annoying, but also like kind of believable. And I like that it was like a clear difference between the two sold on me's, like from three years prior and then present day. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that my one of my favorite aspects of the show was that the guys dressed infinitely more high fashion after the time jump. 
Yeah. Like yeah. I was like, what are these turtlenecks and blazers? <laughs> like it was like, yeah. A, like I loved the fits from after the time jump. <laughs> Not that I don't like a good flannel, but like they definitely kicked up their, their style game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, you want to talk a little product placement? Let's talk product placement. Cause I saw <laughs> it was Desker was Desker, one for the, Mercedes. the standing desk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And, and here's one. Yeah, I heard someone rant about this Dior. Dior. Her hand. She. Yeah. Susie Bay was coloring her markers with the sharpie. I mean, coloring her high heels with a sharpie marker, while carrying a five thousand dollar Dior bag. Was the bag five k? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Someone. Someone looked it up, and she throws it on the ground. Like she drops it on the ground, and people are freaking out. They're like, "You just dropped this five thousand dollars." Oh bag. my god! I had no idea. I'm so bad with like recognizing uh, purses, yeah, like no, brands' purses and stuff. Yeah, I would have never seen that. But someone was ranting that she's carrying like twenty k versus of handbags in this show. <laughs> like you know, she's struggling. I'm to, sh- to put food I'm, like, on the table. Shocked. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. she's like struggling. She's like real like. Oh my god! Minimum wage at a corn dog shop. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so people pointed eagle-eyed people pointed that out. That of Dior, course, so she's a Dior representative. Yeah, I was so. gonna say I think she has a, a deal with them. But wow. Yes. Yeah, so, so yeah, notice the handbags next time you watch it. Damn. Yeah, but that's yeah, Mercedes busted. Band. Everyone's driving Mercedes. Everyone's driving show. Mercedes in every color: <laughs> red, yellow, black. <laughs> but yeah, the the close up on the Desker button. You know, like, the every time they. <laughs> Freaking put their hand on the desk. I was like, oh my uh, God, I get it, Desker. Yeah. And I used to have a standing desk back in the day and I really loved it, but it wasn't like an electronic one that like you just uh-huh. press a button and it would raise or lower. And I was like really tempted to look it up online, like Desker <laughs> and like look at their products. But then I was like, no, I can't fall into this again. I can't do it. I can't be that person that keeps buying like K drama product placements. <laughs> That was a particularly bad one, though. I thought that was tasteless because it, it was, didn't like no subtlety whatsoever. It was basically yeah. like the subway of the show. It was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how about the cameo at the end? Bro, Yojingu from Beyond Yo Evil, Crowned Clown, Hotel de Luna. Hotel yeah. De Luna. He had a really he, good cameo. I, and he I was like the that. voice. What do you mean? Of the virtual assistant. Shut up. Yeah. Shut up. The whole time. No. Yeah. No way. Yeah, go listen back. Listen oh. back. <laughs> So so good boys like I like your voice. You remember that line? And it seems so random, right? Stop but it's it. The, I get it. I'm blushing cuz I'm turning red right now because I had no idea that Oh my god, it makes so much sense. Crap. So yeah, so that's a good little fun fact. Oh, wow. Someone showed me. I didn't find that in my own. Someone showed me. <laughs> You're like I can't take credit for that one, but YouTube YouTube had that. Oh, one, wow. Yeah. That's a great one though. Damn. <laughs> Damn. We're digging deep. We're digging deep. Damn. It's like basically like Vision showing up in Marvel after you've heard like Jarvis yeah. the whole time. Like yeah, that's exactly yeah. what they did here. Exactly. Wow. Wow. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I like the ending where he says like, if we win the bid, I'll propose. Yeah. It hits all the right, you know, all the right things for me, <laughs> like personally in a romance drama. But then... But then they show the wedding in like snapshots. On yeah, his desk. they showed snapshots <laughs> of the wedding and like they couldn't afford a wedding. Come on, Netflix. You know you got fifty million dollars. I think it, show did away. they have fifty mil? I, I don't know. I just oh okay. I thought no. you had okay. <laughs> probably okay, not. Probably not. <laughs> but yeah, they showed the wedding in snapshots, and I <laughs> I don't think I hated it, but I was like, 
okay. It's a little cheap. <laughs> it's a little cheap, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like spend the extra, spend the extra thousand dollars to to make a wedding set. Or yeah. Something. yeah, and actually, <laughs> they show that in a basically every episode had a mid credit scene, like an epilogue scene, and I am so terrible. I didn't realize that they had those scenes until more than halfway through the show, oh, when he's, he's I was like on my phone episode. or something while the show uh. was still playing, like the credits. And I was typing something, and then all of a sudden, like another, like a, the epilogue scene comes on, and I was like, yeah. "Oh shit, has this been happening the whole <laughs> show? Damn, I gotta go back and watch these." I never yeah. did, but like, I think uh-huh. I got only a few episodes, and I was like, "This is so great! Why don't why didn't I stick around yeah, before? Like, they yeah. should give us a warning." <laughs> no, see, my wife will watch all the, all the way through the preview for the next one. I don't like oh, doing really? that. Oh, really? Yeah, no, she... I don't like doing that unless it's like a terrible cliffhanger. And I have to go to bed, yeah. then I'll stick around and watch the preview. Well, they'll always throw the red herring at you, though. They you will, know? yeah. So I don't like watching it. It always tease you. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't do it anymore. But yeah, I just didn't realize that they had those little epilogue scenes. I feel like a terrible K-drama watcher because <laughs> I was literally like shocked. I was like, oh my God, this is important too. It's not even like a little like you know, throwaway thing. It was like a major thing that yeah. they showed in the epilogue. So yeah, yeah. anyway, we got the wedding photos in the epilogue for the last episode. Yeah. Boo. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you one thing that really um, made me really emotional in the final episode was uh, Dosan's dad taking the Samsung yeah. tech sign and yeah. hanging it up in the family room because <laughs> earlier he had like crushed he up the, him. Yeah. The, the whole um, mathematics win plaque right. or whatever that he yeah. had. I mean, it looked like foam core, but whatever. Um, he smashed it to pieces because he got so mad that he admitted that he was a cheater. He's a faker. He's a yeah. faker all this time. So he replaced it with like a real accomplishment. And I was like, mm-hmm. I was just very, you know... Because he's still yeah. proud of him. And I think that was a subtle way. Not subtle because it's a freaking neon sign. But <laughs> subtle to, to mean that yeah. the dad is very proud of him and his accomplishments. And even if Samsung Tech is no more, um, it's still such a milestone in his life. So, yeah, it yeah, was good. He, that guy's in every show, too. He's, he's in, in While You Were Sleeping. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a, a big guy. role yeah. in While You Were Sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, yeah, I think I've come to the end of my notes. Did you have anything else that you wanted to say about startup? Well, I just, yeah, no, not really. I just, I just wish they had, you know, stepped up the Cyrano de Bergerac, Mm. you know, kind of theme and then give, give good boy some ammo, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He was firing blanks the whole time. Help the brother out. Yeah. Yeah. Cause his arc, he, he started the show crying in grandma's arms Mm -hmm. and he ended Ended the show. show. It's like his arc, it didn't go anywhere. He's just yeah. crying grandma's arms. I don't arms. think he learned anything. He and I don't, anything. I don't think grandma learned anything. I don't think. I mean, maybe you he know. got some stocks out of it. He got some stock in Dosan Company. I mean, he's a multimillionaire in my mind. <laughs> like, he's doing very well for himself. And yeah, I, I mean, it was nice that I guess at the end of the day, he finally invested in their company, not out of charity, but sincerely because he found it worthwhile to invest it was a a nice yeah. prospect for him he was gonna make some money he's yeah. gonna make something on it and i was like okay i guess that's full circle for him because he was like berating them the whole show and like yeah he wouldn't and he, invest and yeah yeah and he said yeah i'm actually investing because i think you have a good mm-hmm. product yeah know? but eh, 
Yeah. Yeah, he didn't go anywhere. He didn't go so. anywhere. Like he didn't. Yeah, he didn't really good grow. Good boy. Good. Good, good boy good didn't boy. grow. A lot of the character side characters didn't grow. Gma didn't grow. I just think the central couple kind of landed in a different spot than where they started, and they became like a power couple. Like they're that like yeah. epilogue. They were like walking down with like the yeah the uh, um, lighting like on them. They're like <laughs> silhouettes and stuff. And I was like, damn, right. my power couple. Yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, that's all I got. It was a very good show to me. I would highly recommend it. And well, did you give a rating? I don't think oh, you so, gave your oh, rating. Oh crap! I didn't get my rating. I gave it a four out of five okay. soldier bottles. See, so again, yeah. right on par with your with your you wife's did. assessment. Yeah, you I'm right did. there. You gotta compare notes. You should have had her on. Then it'd be a love. Fest. Oh my god, we would just been gushing the whole time. No, it's <laughs> nice when like we kind of disagree yeah. because. So, I mean, you brought up great points and it kind of changes a little bit how I feel about certain aspects. And I do feel like they did Kim Sono's Hanji Pyeon wrong because yeah, they yeah. could have really written him to be an even better second male lead. Even right. as he was like the mean ass guy that he was, mm-hmm. people were standing him super hard. Yeah. And they they wanted Sodami to get with him instead of Nam Joo Hyuk's Dosan. Yeah. But it's an easy watch, you know. It's, it's it plays, a, it plays. A, yeah, so you know, if there's times when you're not in the mood for a zombie or something heavy, yeah, you know, yeah. Sometimes you just want to, you don't want to think too much. You like, you don't have to think too much of this drama, <laughs> you know. Yeah, even though true. we broke it down, I mean, you don't have to. You could just watch this and enjoy the faces, like mm-hmm. just look at beautiful people, talk yeah. to each other, you know. Say, say the mantras like, "It'd be wonderful to sail off without a map." <laughs> Let's yeah. sail off without a map. <laughs> Let's wish on a rainbow. <laughs> like it's yeah, just you know, no, it's it's easy. It's yeah. an easy, comfortable watch. You know, it's. I, I do wish TVM would, would shorten their episodes a little bit. Mm, it was a little bit over an hour each episode. Eighty right? minutes. Yeah, they're yeah. going every time. But this, I mean, a lot of times I feel like we could say, oh, if this was better, if it was only eight episodes. What do you think? Would you have shortened this up? No, now? I wouldn't have shortened I, it. I just would have rewritten bits of it. Um, yeah, yeah. But I wouldn't have shortened it. And I really liked the pacing of it. It felt very comfortable. I don't think there were saggy bits. I just think that they... And I had a well-placed time jump, too, because it wasn't, like, right at the very end of the show, yeah. like, time jump. I think that's really hard to, like, wrap it up quickly. It feels rushed when you have a time jump in the very last episode or so. Yeah. But in this case, they did it kind of early and... It was a meaningful three years as well, because early on she was telling her mom, you know, give me three years and I'll outdo Inje, the mm-hmm. sister. And then lo and behold, their time jump is exactly three years. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. you know, she gives her the 10, <laughs> 10 bucks at the end, like the sister gives her yeah. 10 bucks. And yeah. It's good. It's like a nice, well-rounded sort of show. And if you're looking for a lot of the puzzle pieces to fit, I think that this is this is good. This is a good show for that. Um, definitely room for improvement though. Like you real again, you really brought some good points to this. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> for sure. Would you rate this higher than like Chloe or? I would only because Chloe oh. is like so preposterous. Uh. I can't like, wa- some people really love and love and love yeah. Chloe. Yeah. I'm not one of those people. I feel like it's very, very good, but not like greatest of all time. And maybe I'll get some flack for this. I don't think it's like greatest of all time. Yeah, so actually, so now you're disagreeing with my wife. My wife really, yeah, Chloe no, I, I get it, yeah. and I appreciate Chloe for like 
how many new K-drama watchers it brought into the fold because that was another pandemic era show where people were like yeah, stuck inside yeah. and then they like saw Chloe come up on their Netflix and they were like, let's play this. We got nothing to do. Right, and right. it it like changed people's lives. And we have fans now that didn't, weren't here before Chloe. Yeah. So for, I f- enter gateway. Drama it's a gateway sure. drama. And I appreciate that about it. And same with Squid Game. Although I think I love Squid Game more than Chloe. Yeah, OK, OK. Fighting words, I know, but that's fine. I like it. Yeah, I really yeah. do. I don't necessarily feel like it's rewatchable, but I mean, There's people disagree with that too. Like I know people really love Chloe and they can put it on whenever they feel like it. Yeah. I, I liked While You Are Sleeping better than this. So I, mm. I would put that above this. See, you're sure. like the, the 20th person to say that While You Are Sleeping is really good. I think I have to watch <laughs> While You Are Sleeping. I like completely uh, skipped it. Second lead syndrome, hardcore. Do, in that people one. saying that too. Yeah. The second lead syndrome in that. I think that's um, Jung Hae. Jung Hae. And, oh, yeah. I love Jung Hae too. Yeah, everyone loves Crap. him. Okay. Yeah. I got to watch it. I got. I just got to bite the bullet and watch while you're asleep. That's 2017. Your I'm format's not, crazy, dude. You do a whole series every week. Bro, <laughs> I know. No one does that. No really? one does that. Oh, every week? No. No way. I mean, I can't say that I watch a whole drama inside a week. That's not how it happens. But it's... <laughs> It's definitely still, yeah. a bit of a marathon every week, but yeah, you're going hardcore. I pretty very much go very hard every week. <laughs> so again, if you guys want to support the show, please do because yeah, uh, reward me for all the hard work and and the guests because every guest rewatches or watches the show for the first time, and it's like sixteen to twenty hours of television. <laughs> so that's yeah, like not man, a yeah. little bit of like homework <laughs> that I'm giving you guys when I and ask. These, these are podcast legends. You're not me, but you're having some <laughs> podcast legends on. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Um anyway, thank you so much for yeah. coming on the show. This was a fantastic episode full of ups and downs. Right, right. Like <laughs> the startup world. Like the startup of. world. We started something <laughs> here. I hope you had a good time and are willing to come back and Of course. Hopefully I won't give you like so much homework cuz it was like a little over an hour for each episode. So it was more than 16 hours of television. <laughs> but No, no. We were we were happy to watch, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm so glad your wife loved it too. It was like positive. Yeah, yeah. That like your your partner was like this is amazing, and then you had to come in and be like I don't know it was pretty I good. She, I always kill it for her. She's like just go away. <laughs> She's gushing. I'm like why did they do this? Why did they do that? And she gets so mad at me. Oh, <laughs> well yeah, we did it. You're ruining it. <laughs> don't go ruin away. it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I spoke for all the people who really love startup. So I think it was yeah. a good mix. Before we get out of here, I want to thank you again for coming on the show, Curtis. Where can we find you online? Uh, you know, I'm I'm basically a, a Instagram at the Infatuation Podcast. I don't have a website per se, and then you can find me on most podcast applications like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You know where to find it. Yeah. All right, give them a follow, give them a listen, please. Infatuation Podcast, great podcast from Mr. Curtis over here from Thank the you. Silicon Valley. I thought it was such a good fit, man. I was like, oh, God, Silicon Valley, San Fran, it's perfect. Yeah, if only I had a yacht. If, uh, if only I had a yacht. <laughs> I would live. I would finally live. All right, <laughs> I think we're going to get out of here. That's cool. been our show. I'm Jessica, right. and this has been the ATC Presents Debak K Rambles podcast. Bye, everyone. 어딘지 모